Welcome back to Meet You at the Bottom, a conversation podcast where we get to the bottom of topics at the top of mind with the drink in hand, of course. I'm your host, Abhinav Brahmamdam, and as always, thank you for tuning in. Award season is finally here. Although it's been a whirlwind of a year in the TV and movie universe, there was at least some semblance of normalcy on Sunday night with the broadcast of the Golden Globes. And the Golden Globes typically kicks off award season. I was joined this week by my study abroad mate and fellow TV addict, Kelly McHugh, to talk all things Globes and TV. In the first half, we did a recap of our instant thoughts from the Golden Globes broadcast. And then we also talked about some of our pre and post pandemic TV viewing habits. In the second half, we spent 30 plus minutes talking about all the TV shows we watched in the last 12 months. If you're in need of some TV recommendations, this is a must listen episode. So grab a beer, sit back, and take some notes on what shows to watch. Thanks as always for tuning in, and here's my conversation with Kelly on all things TV. And we're back on Meet You at the Bottom and to the first ever Golden Globes recap episode. To talk all things Globes, streaming television, and really to just talk TV shows, I'm joined today by the most famous TV junkie accountant out there and golfer out there, Kelly McHugh. Kelly is a fellow Illini alumnus as well, and more importantly, a fellow 217er, um, although she's from Effingham, so not Springfield, but, but at least she's from the 217. So we're, we're built a different way. Um, I like to say that, Kel. So uh, thanks for joining. Hope, uh, hope you're doing well. I'm glad that we could get on this to talk all things Globes and TV, make fun of people's Zoom backgrounds last night um, at the show, but how are you doing and, and what are you drinking? Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I've got Anchor Steam, the beer from San Francisco, um, and TV Junkie, really. I think, uh, I think you're right there with me, for sure, if, yeah. if, not, if not more severe. So I'm taking you down with me. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you're, we're close. It's kind of funny. Um, I had no intention of doing this before this episode, but Friday I had kind of like a relaxing work day and got lazy. So I recorded all of Yellowstone previously on from YouTube TV. So I started watching it. And um, right now, Monday evening, March 1st, I'm on the season finale of season two. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's some commitment. I like it. I like it okay. a lot. Yeah, I haven't really done, uh, done a good job on my other hobby or anything else in the last few days. But Kevin Costner is a good-looking guy, and I just can't take my eyes off of him. Yeah, you just needed your fix. I understand. It happens. Yeah. Um, I, li- I like your beer move. In, in a classic, um, you know, Springfield elite move, I went with a uh, Gerstemeiner white wine. Uh, oh, that's nice. Columbia Valley. Um, so cheers. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, you can be like David Fincher from last night, um, who was just ripping shots every time he lost <laughs> the, uh, in the zoom background, but, um, segueing that to the golden globes last night. Um, what are your in- instant thoughts on the, on the broadcast and the show? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was like the ultimate pandemic viewing right like it's like all of our work meetings they tried to broadcast and like 
honestly, I thought it went better than I could have imagined. I know a lot of people and reviews were kind of talking shit, honestly, about like all the technical difficulties, but like the amount of calls and trainings and whatever that I've been on this year that had 10 times more issues on, you know, such a smaller scale. Yeah. I feel like it, it probably went as well, as well as I would have guessed or expected, but you know, maybe I'm <laughs> giving him too much credit. Who knows? Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it, I saw the Emmys last year, whenever that was in August. And I thought that went a little bit more smoother than, than, uh, than the globes. It just felt like some of the actors and actresses kind of like didn't really understand how it worked or like when they would, when they'd be talking or, or when, like, I, I think there's a little bit of a miscommunication, but overall, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, 100%, right? Like, the first guy was muted. Yeah, was Daniel. He acceptance Korea. speech on mute. Like, that happens, though. Uh, yeah. That, that was, was pretty funny. sort of thing, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that was, like, a big instant thought. And then the second thought was the HFPA, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and the whole show really kind of front and center their diversity issue and trying to hit it hit it running um, and trying to attack it straight on. I, I don't know how successful it came off, but um, I don't know. I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I agree that they like attempted or made appearances to attack it, but like in reality, I don't know how much they actually, like there was no like plan or progress or here's what we're going to do. It's just like, yeah, we're not diverse and we need to change that in the future. Like, yeah, typically when like an organization of any prominence gets in trouble like this, it's like, okay, we recognize we messed up and here's the two or three things that we're going to do to fix it. This was just like, oh, we messed up and hopefully we fix it in the future. Like, yeah, I, I agree. It came off a little, um, a little too much. And, and I read something or I listened to something on The Ringer today and a cynical take was, yeah, they addressed it straight on. Um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler made, made a comment too. And then the first, learned, two of the first like four or five awards um, went to Daniel Kui and John Boyega, who were both black. And and then the guy was like, I feel like they just planned that. And then you don't really see anyone else that are at, after the fact, you know, winning maybe one or two other people. But just that's a cynic. That's a cynic's take, though. Not my own. I mean, probably some planning there like hit it, hit it on the nose for the people that aren't going to tune in the whole time like let's get the people that are going to be here for 15 minutes and let's convince them that we did something yeah Obviously. that's fair that's fair um yeah we can leave it to the talking cats to discuss that further um but i was just curious what you thought um what did you think of the monologue i like didn't love it so i really like both of these women and didn't think it was that funny yeah obviously like there's inherent difficulties they were in different places trying to like time things which honestly their timing was really good i just thought in general maybe not that funny i mean yeah i wrote like nothing too crazy or overly funny funny in my notes but but the different coasts things like why did they have to do that i don't really understand not really sure honestly like, are you trying to make like a pandemic point of like stay at home? Like, I think that's out the door. One, two, like you could fly. I'm sure they've flown to each other before and have hung out in the last 12 months. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, probably trying to make a point, but also like let's yeah. be realistic. 
the the line. the one line I loved because I love this form of commun communication is when Tina Fey goes, "Let's be honest, this whole thing could have just been an email." <laughs> <laughs> I just died. The email addict that will set up anything in email form if possible. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also like kind of a true point of like, did you really need to do this whole like pandemic type of like Zoom breakout sesh, whatever they were doing? I don't even know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was nice and it's like fun to, you know, do something on a Sunday night and, and an excuse for me and you to hop on this and, and talk like we know something. But, but yeah, the one thing I did like, and I was, we were talking about this before we got on, I thought it was, it was a lot faster paced than previous award shows. And so it's not like 10.30 Central and we're like falling. I guess you did fall asleep a little bit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not falling asleep. That doesn't say much though. Like I have been known to fall asleep in theaters, so. True, true. I was, I, and that place, remember when we went yeah, and watched? Yeah, exactly. I forgot what we watched in London, but. Wicked. Wicked, wicked. Phenomenal. So I was going that against me and it can't really be reflective of what, what, what I'm watching. It just That's is true. what it is disclaimer um i was going to put like sleep prone when i uh as an adjective but but i know you like now like you get up pretty early in the mornings start your day because all i have is like these images when we're studying when we studied abroad for the listeners we went abroad um to germany a uh, semester in school but you fall asleep on the on the tube in oh, London. absolutely <laughs> brutal. i'm really not sure i think I'm hoping now I was hungover. I'm not, I don't know though. Like, no, I don't know. That's wild to me that I did that. Just the hustle and bustle just of the London subway. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the show. Uh, what were your highlights? I wrote like six highlights. So you can probably go first uh, for the night. And I'm sure there's a couple overlaps. Yeah. Um, so I thought, while the you know zoom-esque format wasn't great i think it also had like a similar effect that like the zoom working from home situation did where like people seem to be more human they're just more relatable good point i also thought though that it was pretty funny to see everyone kind of dressed to the nines and like sitting in their living rooms or they like rented a hotel room for the night yeah. and it just seemed kind of relatable but that they're so desperate for some normalcy that they will spend a ton of money on dresses and you know getting their hair done and makeup or whatever just to like sit in their living room with maybe their family um it's kind of relatable like not that yeah <laughs> not that i would like spend a ton of money but like the desperation for anything to feel normal i think um is understandable I mean, right before we went on air, we were talking about how we would spend thousands of dollars to go watch the Illini. Right, exactly. So that's desperation. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think that, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then my actual, just the moment that I thought was the funniest is Jeff Daniels sitting <laughs> in a room like I'm sitting in, which looked like a spare bedroom hiding from his kids or something. Like, didn't dress <laughs> up, didn't sit in a fancy room, like is sitting in a corner. I thought that was phenomenal. And then David Fincher taking these shots, I thought was really great. Every time he lost, I think he was up three times, lost three times, and he would just rip a shot, and he knew like exactly where to look. Seemed like he he's done this before. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty nice. That's like something I would do. Um, I also wonder just how much of a party the Globes generally is. If like people like typically do that, they get like, fucked it up. It wouldn't surprise me. 
but like that is like you know a group of friends is like oh every time i lose we're taking a shot like yeah i yeah because you see them like drinking kind of throughout for like four or five hours and 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 like eating dinner it's it's like better than the oscars where you're just in like a ball like you're in the just seated like theater seating versus this like globe you're usually you're at tables yeah interacting um i <laughs> one of my highlights i wrote was norman lear's kids i mean they remember the, he was the 98 year old guy whose youngest kids like 26 and oldest kids like 74 and i was like what the hell i thought uh sasha baron cohen's speeches were pretty funny um like one of them he he uh he was like I'd like to thank thank the all white HFBA. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. We're like, we really set up. I'd like to thank my co uh, co actor Rudy Giuliani. And it was like he just he just was pretty spot on. I thought not beating around the bush at all. Yeah. Um, what about any low points or things you'd rather not have witnessed? Um. So I I kind of thought the setup with how when someone won they would continue to show the other like nominees mm -hmm. as they gave the acceptance speech. And it, it yeah. part of it was just awkward. Occasionally, like Jason Sudeikis got the like wrap it up from one of the other nominees. Yeah, that was um, great. I thought that was just like kind of awkward. Whereas when it's in person, you don't have that because you're focused like on the stage. And then like one just comment in particular that was cringeworthy I thought um Roseman Pike was accepting an award for I care a lot and she said I want to thank America's broken legal system as like a way like what led her to get this award and it just seemed like I mean it was I I cringed yeah. and you know you hope it's just something that's like came out wrong and she couldn't fix it at the time but kind of a brutal uh brutal comment yeah I think she also like surprised she shouldn't have won I think it was pretty surprising too uh, yeah. But like the movie, I haven't seen it. I saw a trailer, but it's like she's some lawyer trying to take advantage of the system. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, that was kind of weird. The Sudeikis thing, I like don't really know how to feel because I kind of enjoyed it, but it was like such a like unnecessary, like he was in London, he's tired. He probably had like, uh, he was probably drinking earlier in the night. It's like, it's like one or 2 a.m. over there. Uh, but it was kind of fun too, like the tie-dye hoodie. I just liked the look. I don't know. I mean, for sure. I watched uh, like a barstool, whatever, blurb on it. And they're like convinced that he's absolutely stoned and like can't, <laughs> can't keep the train of thought because he's so high. And I watched it again after hearing that review. And it's, it's pretty convincing. Yeah. Just it's like, oh, wow. I love that. And, and the best part was, so he won uh, for best actor TV comedy. And then the next, the next uh, was like the best, the, the show, TV, comedy, or, or musical. And everyone I was watching with Bouja and her friends, and everyone was like, "God, I really hope Ted Lasso doesn't win again." Like, I don't want to hear him talk, because <laughs> like, what? Because his face pops up, and he's just like bloodshot, just smiling. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What's going on? Oh, I thought that was funny. My, my actual worst moment. I only wrote one down. Was when Maya Rudolph and Kenan Thompson came on, like they're usually are really good. What the hell were they doing? I don't even get it. Literally cringing through that whole thing, but I didn't even know like how to explain like what was going on. Like I had, I, I Googled today what that was and I still don't understand. I, I don't know, it was painful though. Like it, it like, yeah. obviously you knew it was a joke, but it was hard to like figure out what was going on. 
Yeah, it was a little, it was a little too much. Even, even like Kristen Wiig and like the Barb Star and all that, they came on. It's like I didn't. It was just unnecessary. Everything it. else was going fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, in ter- in terms of the app, actual, you know, who won and everything. Like, did you have any surprises? I was, I think, most surprised at how well the crown did collectively. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone kind of across the board swept it. And now that the, you know, the people and the producers didn't deserve it, it was just such a dark season, like showing all the struggles with Princess Diana that I wasn't sure how people would perceive that. Yeah. But people, I mean, it cleaned up, so. Yeah, it it really speaks speaks like Peter Morgan, the creator, and, and like literally every season and the different actors and actresses, like, Every year they keep winning. Um, I, I did like uh, the actress Emma Corrin who who won. Uh, her quote of like, you know, thank you so much, Diana. You taught me compassion and empathy beyond measure. I thought that was pretty nice. Like a shout out to her. I really liked um, the actor Quinn Charles's actor Josh something. Yeah. Um, and, and like, people don't like Charles for a lot of reasons. I personally, he he's obviously did a lot of bad stuff, but I'm like. Guys, like you, the family made him who he is. Like, couldn't he couldn't marry the person he loved? I, I got in this argument with Biggie and Pooja actually like two weeks ago. They're like super anti Charles, and I'm like, come on, guys, like cut us some slack. It's I not, mean, not just his fault that everything went to shit. For sure, not just his fault, but at the same time, like, at what point do you just have to recognize, hey, I do have a wife and I have two kids, and I have yeah. to like stop treating them like trash even though I don't love this situation I don't know there had to have been a better that's fair that's fair and I I just love the way he just I just want a blazer and put my hands like that (laughs) walk around (laughs) yeah I just I just think that's amazing the the neck thing he does um anyway I was I was also pretty happy for the crown um and I guess broader Netflix had a good night what about any show or movie that you wish uh you want to watch now like really excited about um after last night um two movies nomadland i've heard just phenomenal things about haven't had a chance to watch it yet it's in theaters is it yeah yeah let's get vaccined up and go watch right and then i think minari looks really good too yeah i literally wrote that's what i wrote down yeah those are my tops so i haven't seen them but top of the list for sure yeah minari's like i watched no Man Land, I've, I've had Circle for a while, just like having right. a chance to go to theater. Minari, I think maybe a couple weeks ago, someone told me about it and I watched the trailer and I was like, whoa, this is, this is going to be good. This is intense. Um, yeah, I actually like hadn't even heard much about it until last night. So I'm like watching the Globes, watching a trailer on my phone and I'm like, damn it, I need to watch this. So yeah, and that's, that's I guess, looking back to a highlight or a good moment from last night was the guy's speech, um, the director um, with his like cute daughter. Little daughter, yeah. And I thought he was like, the, the movie's about language of like love and language of family, a universal language. Um, I thought that was pretty neat. And, and I bet the show could gain some steam and depending on, it, it could see it's, it could morph into a parasite kind of uh, following w- within now. And since the Oscars are so delayed in April this year, it could pick it up and 
it could get bumped from this foreign language bucket into the actual bucket. Yeah, if it's anywhere near the parasite level, I mean, yeah, parasite was phenomenal. Anyway, last last but not least, uh, best and worst outfit. So, I, I think this falls into worst, but also just because I don't have the confidence or I'm not bold enough to do it, but Jodie Foster just rocking the PJs. Like, that's bold. When Uh everyone else or most people are dressed to the nines and you just got your PJs on, like. She, um, I thought her, one, I didn't expect her winning, but I thought the way she handled it and and she was pretty surprised it looked like and her setup was just pretty neat and cool. She just seemed like, she's just there for the ride. I kind of forget she was uh, Clarice in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, she looks exactly the same. So, <laughs> hasn't aged. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if that like counts as the worst. It's more just like the most shocking. And then obviously, I mean, we already covered it, but Sedegas's tie dye hoodie is the talk of the town. I mean, right? you gotta you gotta expect that that thing is the sales of that tie dye hoodie today and and onwards are just skyrocketing. Like wh- whenever someone finds out like where this hoodie's from. And just like circle back to like being relatable work from home COVID yeah. wardrobe. I think I've got like four tie dye hoodies that are in rotation since you don't have to dress up. It's like, well, yeah. guess I'll wear the blue one today. Like <laughs> that is true to your point earlier too. It's kind of nice seeing um, you know, all these folks kind of in some of them in their environments or like who they're with. And, and you could tell like some people are just like Jeff Daniels is a good example, but even, even like Don Shield, like some of them were just on their couch or like in their room. And this was just one activity they had in their weekend. And that was exactly. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm penciled in from, you know, seven to 10, but otherwise yeah nothing on docket and for jeff daniels i honestly think it was 7 10 to 7 15 whenever he didn't show up (laughs) i mean i love that yeah like flannel shirt buzzed haircut like nothing just no no frills no frills. I, i want that i want to be that when i'm older same um uh i agree kind of with i don't really have any takes on outfits i thought kaylee kuko looked pretty good um she was the flight attendant the big bang theory lady but uh but i thought she she looked good all the girls there i was watching it were really into her so that's why that's where my <laughs> so, um any final thoughts on the globes before we talk a little bit about streaming tv oh uh, you know just i think overall it was like relatively good i know there was a decent amount of technical difficulties but like i think pandemic wise it is what it is and you know it was fun like you said earlier to have something different to watch do you feel um I agree with you by the way do you feel uh like it's like any other year in terms of award season and like everyone's you know all the friends are like oh have you watched this have you watched that like do you feel that buzz no not at all and that's like so like for the Oscars especially like I always try to watch all of the best pictures Mm -hmm. before yeah and like I just think with, you know, theaters being closed and different you know, movies being delayed this year, like you just, people aren't as excited. I think you have to try a little harder to get into it, but you know, maybe that's just me. Yeah. I, I was trying to think about that today a little bit, obviously like 
me and you talk about the stuff and like we're at the TV and like I'm super into these award shows. Uh, but I do feel like people are less excited, but I think this will kick it off. I think the Globes will kick it off, but the problem is the Oscars usually are in uh, March or end of February. Like the Globes would have been in January. It's only like right. one month gap, but it's almost a two full month gap now. I feel like it could die down or it could literally be the opposite. And like everyone has time to watch all these things and then formulate opinions and then come April 25th or whatever it is. Um, like the Oscars are going to be like super viewed heavily. Uh, I don't know though. It is a little disappointing that there is some stuff, um, you know, like especially a few friends like I was talking to where they did, like didn't even hear about that TV show or that movie. Um, so it's like, all right, well, people need to like all these people like Netflix and Warner Brothers, they need to start marketing a little bit better um, or else like the buzz is going to not be there this year. 100%, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, kind of, we, we touched on Netflix a little bit, and I wanted to shift um, the conversation to streaming TV. Uh, since we're here, and I know both of us watch a lot of TV, um, obviously that's been a huge you know, rise in the last few years, and everyone has their own platform, and it seems like every fucking platform ends with a plus um, now. Uh, Apple TV+, Plus, Disney+, Plus. The Super Bowl, if anyone watched the Super Bowl, Paramount Plus did a lot of marketing. They had like three commercials, which I thought were all great. Um, and Paramount for viewers, that's like CBS, Nickelodeon. Um, I thought that was great. I mean, Hulu is part of Disney now. Obviously, there's Netflix and Prime. I mean, there's so many. Discovery Plus, I, I saw something the other day on them. Um, and I think the Food Network's part of one of them too. Uh, any, anyway, though, so... There's a lot of that and you can't, I just don't think it's possible to just buy all of these either. I mean, you share accounts and stuff, but after a while it gets pretty, the, the dollars add up, but I'm curious, you know, how, like one, I'm curious your thoughts on this in general, where, where, uh, where you think it's headed? Yeah. I mean, I think for most people like our age and then younger families, I wouldn't be shocked if not a lot of them have cable. Mm -hmm. They just kind of have a package of streaming services that, you know, they have or share amongst friends. Right. And going forward, like how much realistically do I want or need cable? Pretty low, right? Like I want to be able to pick up, you know, a line of basketball games and, you know, a handful of other specific channels but i don't want i do, or need 500 channels of stuff that i can't pick on demand what i want to watch you know yeah i completely agree although i have youtube tv so that's technically not cable but it kind of is because i you have all the channels uh which is nice and and uh especially with you know election and stuff like a few months ago i definitely was watching a bunch of cable news um, channel. So that was kind of nice. And I like, uh, I'm a big Chicago PD fire and med guy. So uh, those are on NBC, so I can catch those live. But the thing is now like anything, even on those networks, they're on their streaming platforms within 24 hours. Right. So, so it's like pretty nice. And NBC's Peacock, um, which is nice too. So um, even, even like the Premier League soccer, they're like shifting essentially 75% to Peacock. They're, they're shutting down NBC Sports Network, the channel. Like they, wow. they, it's like unbelievable to think about. 
Um, but, but the streaming wars are pretty fun to follow and see what's going to happen. I just don't think it's feasible to have like 10 plus different apps. Like there, there has to be some sort of like licensing or rights, like something needs to consolidate a little bit further. Obviously these are our larger entities and they have their own, um, streaming stuff, but, but like how Hulu originally was like split between Fox, Disney, and like one other entity, like now it's all Disney owned. I guess because Disney merged with Fox, but like there, there's got to be a little bit more consolidation. It feels like, but I might be wrong. No, I mean I agree. Like I, regulation wise, who knows what they'll allow? But uh, there's too yeah. much activity right now for like it. It's everyone's worse off. Everyone has to pay way more. Yeah. <laughs> Where, whereas I'd like to have access to a, a little bit more under one under one roof, right? Like. I agree. Getting a little out of hand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they all have different price points. And I, I just like, don't really, I would be, I would love to be a fly in the wall on any of those people's conversation on their price points and how they compare it to the other platforms. And, and then it all changes and we'll see what happens. But, but um, cu- curious taking it to a personal level, especially thinking back of like pandemic uh, TV viewing habits like, was there any change for you um, pre-pandemic to during the pandemic and now of uh, in terms of like how you watch TV and, and when you watch TV and all that? Maybe the when, obviously, because of work and stuff, but but the how. Yeah, I don't know. So I think just kind of general like approach to TV. So like pre-pandemic was more of like a mental break, kind of look forward to an episode after like a long day of working and commuting and, you know, get home at seven or eight and flip off an episode, just like shut your brain off type of thing. Whereas now it's like one of the only sources of entertainment and (laughs) is just abused. Like there, you're done working by six or seven and you've got not only like, do you have the same amount of time to watch TV, but you don't have to be up for you know, another three hours, whereas I probably would have gone up, gotten up at six in the morning when I was commuting, I don't have to be up till 8.50, you know? It's like, instead of watching like up TV until 10, you watch it till 12 and you're fine, you know? Like- Yeah, true. It, it gets a little more out of hand, I think. Um, so I found myself, and this is uh, a little pathetic, but you need like a little structure, a little fake structure to okay. like what I'm gonna do. So like, hey, I'm going to watch an episode and then I'm going to work out and then I'm going to like read a book or listen to a podcast so that like, you know, casual TV watching doesn't turn into an oopsie binge where where I've just sat down for five hours and, you know, didn't do anything. Those are the best. Um, I, uh, so, so the oopsie binge, I've taken, I've taken that away from my life. And I think I've done that for the last, maybe that was like college days. Now it's not an oopsie binge. It's a purposeful binge. <laughs> like I wanted to finish Yellowstone by Monday, the season yeah. one. And yeah. I started season two today. And I was like, I, I want to, I like, when I started a show, I want to get done with it. Like Biggie got me into last kingdom. I mean, it's like fucking five seasons, long episodes. And it, I was like, I got to finish this all in like the three weeks after I started. <laughs> Um, but so, sometimes like there's shows where I'll just do like one casual and like just break up the day or whatever. Uh, but I mean, like, I think we're similar in the sense of, 
you know, say our day ends at whatever, 8, 9 p.m., like the next, the next three hours before going to bed or we're going to be watching TV versus like, like Pujo will be like, yeah, I'm going to read to suit my mind before I go to bed. It's like, shit, I'm not reading. I'm watching Netflix before I go to, or Amazon or whatever. I did take a, a TV break in the middle of the pandemic and I, this is just me geeking out and reread all the Harry Potters because I felt like I was, I was watching too much TV. So I was like, uh, seven books will be enough to like, stop the bleeding for a minute that you probably went through that pretty quick though oh yeah it wasn't like it took yeah. particularly long but it was uh it was a purposeful break yeah i'm uh i'm trying we'll see i've read two books this year thus far i, I would have liked to read two books per month um now i'm just one book per month but we'll see if march actually i doubt march given all the basketball maybe april will change um but sometimes yeah so, sometimes it is good to change it up uh, in terms of episodes, like I'll view now like shows that I'm rewatching that I watched earlier in my life. I'll just like pop on for 30 minutes or 45 for an episode in the middle of the day. Or or I've really taken this whole like lunch break thing. Like previously, like we I would skip lunch so much. just like sitting in my cube working. Or, like, you kind of did the same, right? Like you were or Jeff does the same. Yeah, you just like maybe yeah. have lunch, maybe don't. Definitely probably not taking a break, whatever yeah. it is. Exactly. Now it's like, all right, I'm going to like make myself a lunch, be healthy, sit down, give me 40 minutes of some TV show. And then let me go back to whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, like your day is going to be your day's long regardless. Right. And so 30 minutes isn't going to kill you in the middle of the day, but at least you feel like, I don't know, some resemblance of sanity or life. It's, it's, it's actually more of a semblance of like, oh, I'm productive. Like I knocked out a TV show. I knocked out a set up. It's like, all right, this is good. Uh, makes you feel good. Um, kind, of, kind of in the longer term impact, I think a lot of people have gotten more into TV and more into streaming. Like, do you ever find yourself, and maybe maybe the answer is yes, pre-pandemic um, for you, you might be reading into this, but like on a Friday night, would you rather stay in and watch two, three hours of TV versus like going dinner and drinks? Pre-pandemic? I would love to like hit a happy hour and go home and I am a happy camper and you watch two, three episodes of TV and your sleep by midnight is great. <laughs> Post pandemic, I like, I think I, the, the word desperate is accurate, desperate for some normalcy and like yep. would really like happy hour and dinner and like anything in the public social sphere that's not my apartment, <laughs> you know? Fair. No, that's so, fair. You know, who, who knows how long that sentiment lasts, but will yeah. definitely be like a honeymoon phase of I'm doing everything and anything. Like, it's timing. That is not to, at home. It's timing out well for us in Chicago when come March, basically midway through March is when the weather's great and the next five months are going to be the best five months ever. Uh, like even this weekend was 45 50 degrees and everywhere was slammed because yeah. you could be outside and it was fine I, I let my hair down Saturday I had some fun it was great, great. <laughs> uh, it was it was a lot of fun last last but not least before we go to break what's uh what's your ideal tv viewing experience I am curious um ideal tv viewing experience so 
My issue is that when I like choose a TV show that I want to watch, I don't necessarily want to wait for anybody else to <laughs> finish working or finish whatever they're doing to watch with me. So pretty much when I like my ideal is just like, okay, it's I'm ready to watch the show who's watching with me. And if no one says anything, I guess I'm watching alone, but it, it, it's being able to select what I want to watch when I want to watch more so than like actual environment. Like I, I don't care if it's a computer or an iPad or a TV, like whatever. Do you, um, I guess a couple questions off of that. One, when you're like in bed, are you like watch off your laptop, but you lay next to it kind of thing? Uh, usually an iPad. I don't have a TV, never have had a TV in my room. Um, yeah, it's usually an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. I never had a TV in my room. So I've always had a laptop next to me, um, which probably is not the most healthiest for my brain cells, but, um, it, it, there is something like, I used to get annoyed, but there is something like revitalizing about like waking up at 3am kind of like, what the fuck? And then I have like scrubs going on <laughs> my next, my next pillow. You're the guy that'll wake up at 3 a.m. and look at your emails and work a little just just because. No, I used to not work though. I'd be personal emails. I'd be firing away my thoughts and what's going on. Going. <laughs> and then it's great when you when you have friends like our, our mutual friends who actually are awake at like starting their day at like 4 a.m. Just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um that's funny. Uh second question from what you said. Is there ever a time where it's too early for you to like sit down and watch 30 minutes, 40 minutes of TV? Absolutely not. No. Like right now my routine is like, you know, you wake up, probably watch TV till 7.30 or 8, and then try to squeak in a workout and start your day at 9. Nice. When I was thinking of like, what is my ideal viewing? Like, I'm like you, I can watch it on anything. Like I'll watch stuff on my my phone. Um, But uh for me, I have this like L-shaped couch. And so I'll just tuck away into the corner oh, of the wall. And it's like, great, little wa- my water bottle next to me. And I'm just sitting there and uh, just sit, literally sitting there watching. And then when I hit the next episode, hit the next episode and it's continuous. Um, or if I'm in like the mood to like eat and drink, I'll like literally sit down on my couch and a little coffee table and a glass of wine or a whiskey or a beer or whatever. And then just have some food. And then it's like, all right, I feel like a little bit more productive because I'm, you know, using some other muscles while I'm watching it. 100%. Yeah. You know, lights on, lights off. You could feel better or worse about a binge, depending on where you sit. Am I sitting in bed? Like, am I dying with a hangover? Am I like sitting up on the couch? Or am I, you know, sitting at the kitchen table? Who knows? But all of those feel extremely different. Yeah, I agree. It all depends depends on the mood. Um, Depends on what I'm watching a little bit too. Um, all right. Well, this is, uh, this has been a good, good catch up on the globes and kind of our TV habits and streaming TV. Let's take a quick break. And then let's just, uh, I just want to do the second half on just our own TV superlatives, you know, what we watched kind of, I think this will be a good insight and hopefully they're not the same for both of us, but a good insight of one, the amount of television between the two of us that we probably consume and then kind of the breadth and variety a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, for sure. And we're back with uh, Kelly McHugh, CPA, TV junkie, golf addict, 
from Effingham, Illinois, to talk all things TV. Uh, we spent the first half on the Globes and, and a little bit of a post-Globes recap and, and spent some time on, on television, streaming TV, and, and our own habits. Uh, but the next, you know, 20 or plus minutes, I want to spend on, you know, what are our own TV superlatives um, and what do we really watch? So, so I think it'd be great to want, you know, as we go through it, list out, you know, say whatever shows come to mind. Um, and then if it's not something as popular, you maybe give a sentence or two, of, you know, what it actually is. Um, and uh, if, you know, if people are interested. So we're going to do everything in the last 12 months. And we're going to do shows that we've seen for the first time. Um, and obviously, if it's like a new season of a show, that's fine, too. But um, so none of the none of the repeats, because I'm sure both of us kind of did a bunch of rewatching uh, of some of our, our pastime favorites as well. Um, so let's start with the positives. Favorite uh, TV show you watched in the last 12 months? And I know we talked um, during the break that we both couldn't really commit to one. So let's just hear everything. Yeah, so this one I actually thought um, was part of The Undoing on HBO with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Wow. Uh, wow. Did, you, did you watch this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this in my worst TV show category. Are you kidding? Oh, man, this is great. I, so I don't, no spoilers, but watched it in like a sitting and a half, like literally just crushed it. Mm -hmm. And throughout it, questioned every single character like I could not commit to who or what I thought was going on yeah and even like the most benign little tips and whatever I was like oh that's something bad you know that must be yeah it was more of just like a, a psychological mess with your mind than maybe a, an actually like strong story or plot line. No, no, I think I think a lot of people enjoy the TV show. I mean, you got, there was Hugh Grant. One is a really good-looking guy as well. I love that guy. <laughs> I mean, wow! I wish I had an accent and a jawline like that. Um, which that was a positive takeaway. No, I agree. I think the show, the storyline was was pretty okay. Um, not as not as up to par in my mind as the other psychological thrillers. Um, but I think why, and I watched it too all probably within a couple of days. Um, I'm really tired of the psychological thriller, uh, genre. I'm really tired of Nicole Kidman keeps playing the same role and where there's, you know, you're delving into the mind and all of this shit. It's like, it, it was fine. And she's a great actress. I just like kind of tired of this. Like, can we come up, can we write And it's all based off of books. Can, can we like, can people write different types of books that are out there? Can we make those TV shows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's definitely fair. But I, I mean, I respect your decision. What was uh, your top? Uh, I thought The Queen's Gambit was brilliant. That's fair. Totally fair. Brilliant television, something unique. Um, that's my new word I've been using, brilliant, to describe TV. That's how I describe The Crown, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would throw that out. Like the latest season of The Crown, I thought might have been the best season of The Crown thus far. Uh, maybe it's a little fresh in my mind, but um, that's where I would go with. A anything else from your end? Um, the other one that stood out, which pushing the 12-month mark here, but 
The Outsider, also HBO, mm-hmm. also Thriller, but this one had like, which usually isn't my thing, but like a supernatural sci-fi element woven in there that was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I was I, surprised uh, at how much I enjoyed it. I was like, holy shit, this is this is good. Yeah, it's a different kind of thriller too. Um, I couldn't get through it actually. And I think it's because of the sci-fi aspect. Fair. Uh, and like that is totally not my jam normally. But I think because it doesn't commit to it being sci-fi right away. Like it hooks yeah. you on the first two or three episodes of like it probably being just like normal course foul play and then kind of jumps into the sci-fi mm-hmm. world that you're they're like, well, I'm already like halfway here. Let's just might as well keep going. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I should have known better given it's like a Stephen King. Stephen King, yeah, Stephen King. But, but on that, what you just said is why I stopped watching Stranger Things. I watched the entire season one and at the end, and this is not a spoiler, but you find out there's like this big monster or something. I forgot what it's called. Um, and, and then I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I loved everything about it. The little everything. kids are phenomenal. Yeah. Like, they're amazing. Done. I, I didn't grow up as a kid in the in the 80s when like sci-fi and all that was like super popular for a reason i grew up in the 90s there was <laughs> sci-fi. my my runner-up i was going to say was the mandalorian i don't know if you watched that um i actually did not but i've heard good things i made a i made a, a bold statement on uh some uh, i did a mandalorian recap episode with one of my friends uh, for the pod and i said the season two of mandalorian that came out in december and november some of that the string of episodes I thought that season was one of the best seasons, if not the best string of episodes put together back to back of any show I've ever watched, like better than some of the Game of Thrones seasons where they were like, because like sometimes there's always a couple week episodes, even in like those strong, like seasons four yeah. and five, this was like every single one just got better and better in my mind. And the finale was great. Um, and, and so I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that a lot and highly recommend it. And you don't really have to be a Star Wars fan to watch, which is nice. It's just kind of like a space galaxy Western part thriller, part mystery, part like there's a little bit of like, you know, Baby Yoda and, and the Mandalorian, you know, father son dynamic. So there's a little bit of everything for, for everyone. Um, kind of uh, switching gears to by category, uh, favorite show and comedy that you watched. So this one isn't that new, but um, Catastrophe on Prime is like a middle-aged couple like hooks up when this guy's in Europe on a work trip and the woman ends up getting pregnant. And so they like try to make this like normal work life or married family life work. And it is hilarious. Like just supremely dysfunctional in like the best ways all right i'll have to watch uh, like i recommended it to my mom um a few weeks ago and i was home and she cruised there's only like four seasons this 30 minute episode so it's not hard to get through um but was just like giggling watching it so i was like okay that's a good that's a good wreck for her yeah score one for you right there yeah good yeah um for me this is an easy cop out but it was ted lasso um i like i don't think and i've like watching soccer over the last whatever 
five, six years, like he would come up in these like commercials on NBC um, when he came up with this character and then doing the show. I'm like, there's just some scenes I've never laughed harder ever. Need to add it to the list. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Apple, Apple uh, TV Plus or whatever it's called. Um, did you have another show for drama category? I mean, nothing, yeah. you know, crazy. Like The Crown is really the only other one that was left out off of my list from before, but has been sufficiently. Yeah. Any Anything else in uh, random genres or anything that you wouldn't think of? I, I, I decided that like a, a asterisk like trash TV category where you just like throw it on and don't have oh, to. Oh, shit. And um, I think Virgin River falls into that. I don't know. It would be like a show maybe Pooja would watch, maybe not. Like it's not particularly good, mm -hmm. but somehow I binged two seasons like it was nothing. So apparently, apparently I liked it. Yeah. And I will watch the third whenever it comes out. So I think, um, I think if you'd ask her, like, uh, she watched Emily in Paris. Like, yep. Finished the whole thing pretty quick. Similar category. Yeah. She like hated it though, but she like finished exactly. it pretty quickly. Uh, and like the flight attendant, she kind of hated too and said it was similar, but a little bit more. Uh, yeah, both of, all of that is like a like a trash TV category. It's like nothing you're really gonna love, but like it's gonna you have it on. I yeah. uh I used to watch with her, I think it's called Stronger. Um, the Hillary Duff show. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, anyway, it was pretty good. I got let me just Google that really quickly to make sure. Yeah, I've not heard of that one. That's uh maybe it's not Hillary Duff's show. It, or maybe it's not called Stronger. I forget what it's called. Uh, oh younger, younger. Oh yes, yes, yeah. for sure have seen that. Yeah, yeah. That's in my in that category yeah. um as well. I did watch an episode of The Bachelor a couple weeks ago that for the first time. In category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's one of those. Um I was, I couldn't come up with anything in a random genre, but it had me thinking of like, what is my favorite genre to watch? And I think for me, it's like this historical mystery, like espionage related. So I'm, I'm talking like, like Homeland. Yeah, Homeland, The Spy, Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. um, The Americans. Yeah. Basically anything where I can like pretend I'm a CIA or like FBI <laughs> and like trying to solve an international crisis. And any, basically, I just want to transform myself into that kind of person. Working right. for the State Department. I like yeah. that. All three of those are phenomenal. Yeah, I think mine is like like political drama, newsroom, West Wing. I love that. Basically, Aaron Sorkin. I love Aaron Sorkin. God, he looked great yesterday. Looked uh, great. I had no idea he was so young. Yeah. Well, he would have yeah. been like 30 when he wrote The West Wing. Who knew? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, worst TV show, I already said The Undoing. For, for the Indian people here and the, and the, the non-Americans, um, there's a show called Tandav um, on Amazon Prime. You should really get into these, some of these Indian shows. They do, they're pretty popular. Um, and Prime does a good job in Netflix. But anyway, this was the shittiest show I've ever seen. And it's with like one of the best actors. And he has a bunch of good tv shows um and he, he has a big contract with prime but this one really didn't hit the mark um but it's but it is a little bit world prevalent because they're talking about these protests that are going on uh currently but that's uh that'd be one of mine and then the other one is industry on hbo max um british show about investment banking and sales and trading 
that a few friends recommended to me to watch. And basically there's a lot of sex and a lot of cocaine usage um, and, and in the show. And they talk about some work, but what really pissed me off is um, one dude uh, passed away. One analyst passed away in the first episode um, from like an overdose. And like, that was the only Indian guy in the show. So they had to kill him off. And so I was like, this is stupid. Uh, but is that I, a documentary or this is like a drama acted out? Yeah, drama, comedy kind of thing acted out. It, it was it was a waste of time. Don't watch That's it. That's brutal. Um, any, anything from your end? Um, yeah, so I have Outer Banks down. Hmm. This falls into the category. So I think like part of the, my pandemic TV watching is that like my standard of like what I was willing to watch was lower. <laughs> Yeah, Outer Banks this, goes pretty low. And this was like early pandemic. I think a lot of people liked it. I, I must have I must have liked it decent amount because I finished it. There you go. But like would never watch it outside of current situations. Well, you know? Wasn't it like at one point number one on Netflix too? Yeah, it was like top trending show in the US, you yeah. know, and like like sure yeah why not let's watch it and it's right. I mean unrealistic not good acting but here I am you know eight eight episodes in after two days that's the shit that annoys me though about Netflix when they like they 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 pick the their they pick their horses and they just bump it up yeah and like it's there's in your face continuously and I guess everyone does it maybe I don't really know Netflix does it to an extreme level and it's like a show like that. It's like, all right, it's like not that good. And like, you haven't heard about it ever since. So it's like that exactly. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the thing Netflix, I just can't, I just thought of in terms of worst. Um, I really enjoyed Bridgerton actually. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Surprisingly. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but there was one episode that they're just only having sex for one episode. And that was like, <laughs> just a waste of my 45 minutes of like, just, they're like having sex by the pond in their bedroom. Like, in their guest bed, like somewhere random place. Like I just had a ball. I was like, this is just a waste of time. You're not advancing the plot at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a little like, I, I need, I can't have this 45 minutes back. Um, and then another show, Space Force. Did you watch that, Steve Carell? I turned it on. I didn't make it through the first episode. Couldn't yeah, do it. I was really, I watched the whole thing. I was pretty disappointed um, given like Steve Carell and Greg Daniels office and same, same like family um it, it wasn't good yeah I'm glad I is the uh, 10 minutes in I was like this isn't gonna work this is this is too much for me I I agree um all right any any underrated shows or so this shows? is where yeah my list gets a little unruly yeah I have like six here yeah okay I've got four <laughs> so I don't feel so bad I really couldn't oh. <laughs> so documentaries Inside Bill's Brain. Mm, yep. The Bill Gates, like four episodes, focuses on like four different initiatives that he has. I just thought such a fascinating person to listen to. Thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, he's a he's a true genius. Just genius. And then um, another one documentary, The Playbook, mm. and it follows like it doesn't follow. It's like one episode six episodes and they interview some of the top coaches in different leagues throughout the world oh that's cool So, like the u.s women's soccer coach um i think doc rivers has an episode 
um, and just like talk about their kind of approach to life and their approach to coaching. I thought it was just fascinating just to hear them speak and articulate how they approach their yeah. different teams and stuff. So that those were two good ones. And then just like actual shows, High Fidelity on, um, I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, so like three kind of like stoner friends that are just like anti-corporate America, basically like own a record shop, go out every night of the week, have like no real responsibilities. Basically the opposite of like what we do for a living. I thought it was such a good, like just- yeah change of pace good show and then mind hunter mind hunter okay just you've been pushing you've been pushing this for a while mind hunter you haven't seen it no i haven't you, you've been put you pushed this to me before so it like interviews obviously it's like drama and not real people but interviews serial killers and it's kind of the premise for the fbi's profiling um practices and it is wild it seems it seems too intense i'll watch watch. i mean like full disclosure this is like a midday saturday lights on sun's out yeah otherwise i'm like going to convince myself i'm getting murdered but i thought it was great got it yeah i need to watch that um documentaries uh i I didn't even think about that actually but i I literally i watched pele um documentary on him that was pretty good. That's on my list. Yeah, I watched it over the weekend. Um, I thought that was that was nicely done. Um, quickly for me, underrated show, French show called Lupin. Um, a couple of friends gave it to me uh, a few weeks ago. So pretty pretty quick to get through. It's similar to Money Heist. Um, if you watch that, which is a Spanish based um, like tower, not tower heist, mo- literally they're stealing money from uh, the Reserve Bank equivalent in Spain um and then lupin is is based off of this uh thief arsenio lupin who's a big book there's like a bunch of books on him um just like series and anyway i thought it was really good it's the same actor from like the untouchables um movie french french actor so i, I would watch it it was, pre- it was pretty good um red oaks uh i don't know if you've seen that amazon prime i think it's it's uh, three or three seasons or four really short, 30 minutes. Um, basically a country club, a Jewish country club in New Jersey. And this kid's working, trying to get money. Uh, the pre- Like so funny. And so uh, I thought that was great. Uh, and then I just, I watched Perry Mason last week. Matthew Reese is his name. Um, the American's guy. So that was really good too. Uh, mystery. He's a detective in LA. And like, I don't even know the 20s maybe or the 30s, 1920s or 1930s. Um, and then quickly, Barry. You watched Barry, right? On HBO. Yeah. Bill, Bill Hader. Okay. Underrated show. I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, and then WandaVision. I don't know if you watch WandaVision. No. If you're, if you're a Marvel person, um, it's pretty great. That's all I have to say. It's like takes takes Marvel to a whole other level when they have these TV shows coming out and like everything continues to be interconnected. Um, so anyway. I, uh, it's a good list. I've got, I've got my work cut out for me for, <laughs> yeah, for things I haven't seen. Question for you. This is more so really, I, I asked this question because I knew we were talking about this because I don't think it has an impact for me, but what's the show or show type of show you watch when you're massively hungover and you can't think? 
because the massively hung over and can't think um obviously pre not during the pandemic but pre-pandemic is needless to say could be a reoccurrence for you on a sunday yeah, morning uh, uh-huh. that's uh yeah gray's anatomy is my um is my go-to you don't have to think you've seen it all you know what's going to happen but like if you happen to watch an episode it's pretty good all right but, i uh i just know uh patrick dempsey is mick mick dreamy or mick steamy or something yeah you got it mick dreamy you're right I, it doesn't have an impact actually for me. I would watch anything. I just, yeah, you just power through. I'm a, I can't, I'm a low functioning. But, but I, it's, it's stuff's adding up to me now. I just don't leave my couch and I will order, <laughs> I literally will order like the cheesiest thing I could eat and a milkshake. That's my new thing now. I need a milkshake. Uh, uh, where's the go-to place for that? So, so you, you know, kind of where I live, like small Cheval is close by. Um, and yeah. Cheval added a vegetarian burger. So, and the wow. fried burger milkshake, it's like 15 That's at the end of the block. That's so close. Yeah, it's like literally, it's That's too close. So close. Um, or, or I will, uh, this is really bad. And I can't believe I'm saying this on a public forum. There was one Friday, uh, maybe a few weeks ago. It's like really in, in something. I was hungover. I like did something on Thursday night with some friends. And I ordered pancakes and milkshake and a milkshake from Golden Nugget. Yeah, it was great. 7 p.m. is a little Brinner action. Oh, uh, wow. It, it was chocolate chip pancakes, too. It was phenomenal. And I don't even remember what I was watching, actually. But uh, probably like The Last Kingdom or something. But uh, it was great. Uh, and the, I've had like a pancake craving ever since. That's uh, hilarious. So that's probably a low point in uh, in the pandemic for me. We've all had them. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the show you throw on before you go to bed? Friends. All right, mine's Scrubs. I like Friends. Yeah. Underrated, underrated show for our generation, or maybe like the Gen Zers underneath us, like our siblings, our younger siblings' generation is is Seinfeld. I think Seinfeld is so much better than Friends. I have not seen Seinfeld. There you go. I love Seinfeld and I started watching it in the pandemic. Maybe like not, maybe like January, February last year. So pre-pandemic a little, but um, I mean, just everyday situations and they make it so funny and realistic. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. And then as we wrap up here, uh, what's your favorite streaming platform? Curious. So I think... I go to Netflix the most often because it's easiest to kind of pick up a top-rated show or, you know, someone's recommended something to watch. Yeah, but how do you define what's top-rated just by Netflix? Because they define it for you. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, I don't have to think. And sometimes Um, I'll just, like, watch. And if it's good, I'll keep watching. If it's bad, I, I won't. Yeah. But I also think, like, the biggest like all of our friends have it so there's like a good chance that someone's recommended a show i think hbo has like some of the highest quality shows and when they have a show launch like it's been you know marketed and premiered and you're excited about it and i think amazon prime is the bane of my existence and i use it i can't ever find like what i'm looking for wow like how like how do you find a new good show? I don't think it's like organized into very like user friendly categories. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's a me problem. It's a me problem, but I don't like it. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I think I think the one good thing about Prime, I think their algorithm's a lot better than Netflix. It's like once you start watching stuff, and like maybe you maybe you should just like you know the show's on there, like you know Maisel's on there, for example, or uh, if you watch Mrs. Maisel or like or Jack Ryan, like then then like they'll start recommending stuff that is just like that. And and they, their algorithm's pretty good, but they don't have like this top 10 shows you know like netflix does which i actually hate about netflix um because i think i just think it's arbitrary and like i don't really know like 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 i just don't think it's i don't think i think they're just promoting what they want to promote uh, and like we, we don't know what the data is behind it um yeah. and to your point about hbo i think is really true like netflix is the talk of the town rightfully so they have they have the quantity they throw a thousand darts and hope five to ten stick yeah whereas hbo it's like every darts fucking a great show most of the time yeah. Yeah. and like i'll take an hbo show any day over any other probably platform um for me my second favorite was amazon actually because i think there's a lot there's a lot of indian stuff there too uh both my language telugu and like hindi too uh but my number one platform that i will have like my grandkids will have is disney plus I mean, it's got everything. I can watch one night. I can watch, you know, Star Wars. I can watch Marvel. There's National Geographic if I want to really expand my brain. Um, and then I can watch the Disney Channel original movie, Smart House. I mean, everything's there. Need it, bring. Great. And now, now they're adding in this um, a separate tab. Uh, so they're like it's split up in tabs. Um, and maybe it's not the most user. For, it's like you got to know where you want to go um but they're adding this like adulty kind of i forgot the name of it um off the top of my head but that's where like scrubs is going to be on and, and oh, so nice. like add all this adult content too um which which i enjoy what do you what do you think is your least favorite then it's got to be prime then i mean prime but like the one that i that pisses me off the most because i don't have it or when i find out a show's on it and i won't pay for it is showtime Hmm. Yeah. Like Your Honor, everyone's hyping Your Honor right now, but yeah, it's on Brian, Showtime. Brian Cranston. I won't pay for Showtime. Like I think it's like there's not enough that I have to watch or need to watch that I'm gonna pay for it. So I think that's like the yeah. most. Dis- when I find out a show's on there, I'm like that's disappointing. <laughs> I uh, I kind of feel the same way with Showtime. Although I'm trying to think how I finished the Homeland season, the last season. Um, I must have watched it like somewhere else or through a different something else um but like shameless is going on right now i really enjoy shameless um i, I don't know how to access to it uh, other than you know the illegal sites right yeah there's still a couple of selective there used to be remember back in our heyday when we were abroad yeah, you, you can't ready. find them really anymore no there's like one or two kind of uh, that sometimes work uh yeah showtime i i, I like i agree with that i actually don't really like apple plus apple tv plus um i just don't like their platform it's kind of weird uh i i won't i only have it through my phone for like a year for free and then i'm not going to pay for it yeah um and I, and funny enough i love disney i love what they're doing but i hate hulu um and i don't know why and it's all because of these rights related issues why Hulu just can't be merged in with disney plus yeah and it yeah. frustrates me a lot because disney owns hulu right yeah and a lot of that is like the legacy Fox and like FX stuff, which is nice. Um, yeah. 
but it just like I, I I'm getting tired. I just want one less like platform if I can. Right. I want to look for everything in one place. But but anyway, um, this was this was fun. There's a lot of TV shows now that I need to I need to re-listen to this and figure out what exactly I need to watch from what uh, what you said. Thanks for having me, the TV fanatic that I am. Yeah, no problem at all. We uh, we'll have to do this every year now. Um, post Globe, they're post Emmys. Um, what uh, as we wrap up here, obviously I like to ask, and you're a first timer, so there's always these like end questions I like to ask. But what's your favorite show of all time? Let's keep the first one topic related. West Wing. Damn, yeah, that's what I wrote. It's tough now because I like to recommend West Wing to people, and it's so dated. And if you can't get past how dated it is, it's really a hard show to watch. It is dated, but the content is not dated. I mean, we the content is unbelievably on point to current political environment. Yeah, and, and so I wrote. I knew. I figured you were going to say West Wing, so I wrote the wire down in case you said that. Um, which I and that's a show that's really hard to watch because the quality, I think, is even worse in West Wing um, in terms of just like viewing. But uh, I, I think it does such a great job of talking about cities and corruption and, and different each seasons, you know, one's crime, one's education, one's like transportation sector and the one's like government. And, and they do a good job just like talking about big cities and like, and that's another thing too, like you have similar issues um, even now versus in, in the early 2000s when that, when that came about. Um, if, if I had to think of a show like in the last five years, uh i mean thrones is up there for sure uh i really enjoyed homeland i thought homeland season finale from how thrones season finale series finale ended and homeland series finale i think homeland series finale is like one of the best i've ever seen to end the series yeah homeland was i think a solid show through and through like yeah. i think some people get put off on the um the main actors kind of facial expressions and like overall demeanor she can be tough to quivering uh, yeah it's kind of odd but yeah. if you can get past it it's it's a really solid show yeah I, I i would agree um but yeah that's that's interesting west wing through and through everyone should watch it no matter what party you support or if you don't even support a party um Bartlett for president yeah Jed Bart martin sheen last but not least any bold predictions for the next 12 to 18 months non-topic related I don't want to jinx this. I'm going to knock on what as I say it. Illini, national champions. It's mostly just like a pure want, but All right. All right. we're going to wish it into, into existence here. Yeah, you're an expert. You're, you're a TV expert, so you can be an Illini expert here too. Here we go. There um, we go. I, wanted, I wanted to ask, ask this to you at the beginning and then I forgot, but it, how, what do you think? Like, as you go in, it's March 1 right now as you record this. So March is here. I mean, I'm amped. Yeah, no, I agree. I would say I was trying to keep my hopes in check as the season has gone along. Um, I just thought, think, thinking back on like the 0405 Illini, there were some gaps there um, yeah. comparing to the current current squad. But like you said, the last like two games without Io, I think is end up going to be kind of our biggest blessing. We're going to get guys going that wouldn't otherwise um, have had the same confidence, right? Corbello almost had a triple-double. Like yeah. Anthony, or Miller, Adam Miller's like starting to produce again. 
Um, I just think guys like that are going to end up being the difference come, you know, mid-March, late-March that we could be really dangerous. Yeah, I, I, I would, I'm inclined to 100% agree. I think it's blessing in disguise. I, I think I've kind of tapered my expectations throughout the year, like onto the next one game at a time. And then post-Saturday, I'm catching myself today a lot. Drinking the Kool-Aid. All, all eyes on tomorrow night again at Michigan. Um, I, I don't know if Iowa's playing or not. We'll see. But uh, my, my bold prediction, not TV-related, but movie-related, I think a major movie theater chain gets bought out in the next 12 to 18 months. So whether it's AMC, I mean, they've been struggling a lot. They're near bankruptcy a few times. Regal, Cinemark, those are the big three. I think someone buys them out. Who it could be, who has the capital. Honestly, like Amazon's the only thing I can think about or a large PE shop. Um, Do they make changes? Or just uh, use capital? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, I think everyone has dry powder, right? But yeah. um, I, I just think, yeah, I think the model isn't working for the current uh, theater chains in terms of like they're just they're taking lifeline on li- lifeline on lifeline um, after a while the lifeline is going to run out and I think as much as it hates I hate to say this like the people come rushing back to the theaters it's it's not like you're rushing back to travel I think theaters are like the last thing people rush back to do anyway yeah so we'll see although like that's the first thing I want to do I, I, I just want an icy a popcorn and some sour patch and go watch a fucking movie that too much to ask that's all i want but but anyway this has been fun uh enjoy you enjoy and appreciate you taking time um on a monday night here to talk globes and tv what uh what are you gonna watch when we sign off here a couple more hours actually uh i'm working my way through breaking bad for the first time yeah oh yeah i forgot about that so it's on the docket probably an episode or two who knows hard to say Got it. Got it. I've, uh, yeah, it's 930 central. I think I can get a couple episodes of Yellowstone in and then 30 minutes of, uh, Star Wars or Scrubs or something to finish out. Star Wars animated shows. I, I like to end the night on that too. See you yeah, really good. Um, but anyway, appreciate you taking time. Yeah. Uh, you had fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is good. Yeah. No problem at all. And, and everyone, uh, thanks again for tuning in and until next week, meet you at the bottom. Oh, 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 oh,